About all you can do in this life is be who you are. Some people will love you for you. Most will love you for what you can do for them. And some won't like you at all. Rita Mae Brown. what's up and welcome back to another coffee talk podcast episode today I wanted to talk about how to be yourself because I figured with winding down the month of August and the whole back to gist series going on on YouTube I figured we could just get back to being ourselves I know that's corny but also gonna follow this up with another corny little quote but the whole like you know in a world where everybody's trying to make you into something else it's almost like the greatest act of rebellion to be ourselves. And I think that a lot of the times it's easy to kind of lose our way with exactly how to be ourselves. Like, how do we do that at the end of the day? Because we're so influenced by so many things. When you think about it, a lot of our parents and such, when they were growing up, they were not waking up and within 15 minutes getting like a thousand different messages from all over the world. And no, you're not getting messages from actual people. But the minute you scroll through anything on Instagram, on Twitter, on any kind of social media, Pinterest, anything of the sort, the minute that you do that, the minute that you open yourself up or open up your phone in a lot of ways, you are receiving or your brain is receiving thousands of messages all the time. So it's very easy for us to feel a little bit I guess, restricted when it comes to actually being our most authentic selves and instead becoming kind of overcritically aware of ourselves and overcritically, I guess, in a lot of ways, like trying to adapt who we are so that we can fit the norm. And in today's world where society is mainly online, I think that trying to be yourself in today's world can be a little hard, but it doesn't need to be. And it's simple, but not necessarily easy. So let's dive into exactly my opinion on the matter of how to be yourself. The first one, I'm not going to cuss, but I want to, and it's to stop giving so many crapolas because that is like one. And I, I mean, these are not going to be in any order in terms of importance, but not giving so many craps is uh, one of the most important, I think, to me, because I feel like in today's world, and I think in just the world in general, maybe not even today's world, maybe for a long time now, we as humans, we've given way too many craps about everything. Like we care so much about how many likes we get on Instagram and about how many followers we have or how much money we make or how much money that person makes. Or we just care so much. We're so nosy. We're so prying away at all of these little things that are technically insignificant when you think about your life objectively, when you think about the time before you were here, the time after you'll be gone, will those things matter? Probably not, but yet here we are putting so much weight on them. It's crazy, I think, that when we all sit and think about it, we all already know this, but nobody cares about the things we do half as much as we care. Like, when you think about who creeps your Instagram the most, it's probably you. Or when you think about who's overanalyzing that embarrassing thing you said the other night at dinner, it's probably only you. But we tend to think that everybody's doing the same thing or thinking the same thing or that, you know, people can see this, like they can see through our illusions and they see that like we messed up or that we're embarrassing sometimes or that we're not totally a hundred percent feeling cool and we get worried or we care too much about what other people think. A lot of the times nobody is overanalyzing ourselves aside from ourselves. And if someone is overanalyzing us, that says a lot more about them than it does about you. 
anyone that is sitting there judging you or analyzing you or picking you apart for being yourself is spending their very, very small time on earth caring about you. And that does not mean or open the door for you to have to, you know, give that care back or care at all what they think or say. It's literally in a lot of ways, I feel like a refreshing reminder when those things happen. Wow. I'm going to use that as like a healthy mirror to know that it's time for me to maybe check myself on where I'm giving too many. I'm going to keep calling them crapolas. I want to swear, but I won't do it. But just stop giving so many of those away. If you're listening, then do this with me. And if you're watching, still do this with me, but I'm going to use hand gestures. But like, can we just take a really big deep breath together? Would that be weird? It might feel weird, but I think we should. I think we should just breathe it all in. All the, the flying fricks that we give... And we should just, just let them all go. That simply, and I already feel better, it's that easy. It really can be that easy to just breathe it all in the minute you notice yourself caring too much and just let it all go. And maybe in five minutes, you'll catch yourself caring about it again, but then just do it again. Because the amount of times that you can reset and recenter yourself when you've noticed you've strayed off a little bit too far in the giving too many craps about something lane, you just got to veer yourself back on course because that is one of the fastest ways that I think we stop being ourselves is when we've put too much weight in what other people think or what other people might think or might be thinking that they probably aren't, but we think they are. We just put so much pressure and caring so much about keeping all of these other people happy that we forget to keep ourselves happy. That we, that we basically, we're trying to fill everybody else's bucket that we leave our own empty. And then we wake up one day with this like existential crisis of like, who the heck are we? Because we spent so much time trying to be what everyone else needed us to be and caring about what everyone needed us to be. Um, that we didn't really allow ourselves to really find that out for who we are individually at our core, most authentically within ourselves. And so just a big, (sighs) every time you notice yourself caring way too much, because it's just that simple to just remind your brain to let it go. You do not have to love everything about yourself to be your own friend. Being your own friend is knowing that you're going to have flaws, but loving yourself anyway. Being your own friend is not putting so much pressure or care on the tiny little thing that you think is wrong about you because we all have things wrong about us. We all have flaws. We all have things that we would rather people not know or see. And that's so human. It hurts, but it's so easy for us to want to hide or to care so much about them that we think that they discredit our ability to love ourselves or our ability to be loved at the end of the day as a human being. And that's where we're wrong. That's where we let our care basically cloud our minds into believing an unhonest truth, which would also be known as a lie. If you care or you give a lot of crapolas about the things that you do at the end of the day and you're finding it hard not to care, then just look at it as exactly that. These are just things that you do at the end of the day. And I know that this is going to sound like really kind of I don't want to sound like morbid in any way. I hate giving this refreshing reminder, but I need to give it to myself a lot. And so that's why I tend to kind of work it into a lot of like my podcasts and stuff is because I think it's an important reminder, at least for me sometimes to hear. So maybe it will be for you, but I do not mean to be morbid. Okay. Your life here is very, very important. But that said, there was a time before you existed and there will be a time after you existed. And how much will those things matter 
before and after, you know? So when you think about it, the things that you do at the end of the day, they really are just that. They're just things. And if you can't really unwork or unstick yourself from caring, then maybe that's a sign that you should care, but instead care about them in the right way. Take the knowledge and basically everything that they're teaching you, like these little things that you care about and use them to better yourself or use them as a stepping stone or a standard to be better the next day and to work on yourself the next day and let that care come from a place of compassion rather than a place of, you know, trying to change into or morph into being somebody else. So step two, when it comes to being yourself is holding yourself to the same standards that you hold everybody else. And no, I don't mean that in the sense of holding yourself to really high standards, because I hope you do have high standards for the people that you have around you. I mean more so hold yourself to the same standard you hold for everybody else in the sense of when you do notice a flaw in somebody else, are you nearly half as hard about it on them as you are when it's you? And when somebody makes a mistake, are you way more forgiving with other people than you are with yourself? Because a lot of the times the answer to that question is yes. And when we stop and we take a second to reflect on that, we notice that we're too, we're just too hard on ourselves. And we have this different standard for other people than we do for ourselves. And I don't think that comes from a bad place. I think that comes from a place. I know, at least for me, it comes from a place where I know what I'm capable of. And I know the the person I'm capable of being. And so it's hard for me to kind of accept and swallow moments where I'm not being that person, or maybe I've sold myself short. But at the same time, I know that when someone I know or love or care about is selling their self short, that it's coming from not a place of really meaning to, but maybe they just have a lot on their plate or Maybe they're just kind of going through a rough time. And instead of being like, oh my God, like I'm judging you. Most of the times you're just kind of like, oh my God, like how can I help you? Or can I care for you? Or like, how can I make you feel better right now? And if we were to give ourselves even half of that, like we would feel so much better and also feel so much lighter and freer to be ourselves, to know that we're giving ourselves a little wiggle room to mix things up, to mess things up, to just get like a little messy and know that it doesn't need to be perfect all the time. And that we're going to let ourselves off the hook when we mess up sometimes, just like we do for other people. And that also goes for speaking to yourself the way that not only you speak to other people, but you want other people to speak to you. We are the worst inside our heads to ourselves than anyone is ever on the outside. We say the meanest things to ourselves. We think the worst of ourselves. And a lot of the times we wouldn't accept even like 2% of the things that we say to ourselves from anyone else. Like if it was coming from your friend or your significant other or your family member, the things that you think about yourself that are not so pretty, if it was coming from them, odds are you would probably not be okay. You would probably get into a fight or be really upset with that person. So why do we do it to ourselves? Like, why do we accept this kind of self-talk within ourselves? We need to basically accept the same standard talking to ourselves as we do when we talk to other people or how we want other people to talk to us. Because we also wouldn't talk to other people a lot of the ways that we do talk to ourselves. We wouldn't look at somebody and instantly try and find all their flaws or all the ways that they need to change or all the ways that they need to better themselves. A lot of the times we meet people and we think, wow, that person has amazing hair. Wow, that person is really funny. Wow, that person's really grounding. That person's really wise. That person is really cool. That person is really creative. We don't notice the flaws. We notice the great things. So 
we need to learn and train ourselves to basically hold the same standards when we're looking and basically analyzing ourselves. Treat yourself the way that you treat other people or that you want other people to treat you and show up in this life as the best and most like loving, compassionate version of yourself not only for the other people and to set an example for the other people in your life that they can too be themselves wholeheartedly and know that there is a place for them on this earth to be loved and to be whole, but also to show yourself that with each step you take into being and evolving more and more into who you are as an individual on this planet, the more comfortable you're going to feel to take those little risks to push yourself a little further and to really get a grasp on who you are because who you are is like so... It's so individual to you that it is insane. I was watching a TED Talks the other day that said it was like, it's a one in 400 or 4,000, no, 400 trillion chance that you were born at the time you were, with the parents you were, with the family you were. One in 400 trillion is not, like those odds are so, so minor. And then to throw on top of all of that, that out of the, God only knows how many people we even have on this planet. Google, how many people are on the planet? Population of Earth was 7.53 billion in 2017. So out of the 7.53 billion people on this planet, there's also not one, even if you have an identical twin that is exactly like you, not one. So to be yourself in this world, yeah, it's going to be hard because there is nobody else out there setting the example for you because there is no one else out there like you. But that's kind of like your superpower, you know? That's what makes you so cool. That's what makes finding out who you are and creating who you are, whatever one it is you believe, or maybe you believe it's a bit of both. That's what makes that so fun and so cool is knowing that there is no one else like you on earth and the chances of you being born were one in 400 freaking trillion and here you are. So when we start to accept the same standards for ourselves that we expect from other people, we let ourselves grow into who that one in 7.5 billion people is. The next step when I think of what it means to really truly be yourself is to forgive your shortcomings and to celebrate your triumphs. I think that this is a really hard thing for us to do because first of all, we've already kind of discussed this, but when we fail, it's not so easy to do so gracefully. It's not easy when, like I said, we might know what we're capable of, or we might have an idea of who we want to be and what we're capable of doing and the types of things that are successes we know we can have. And so when we fail, we are really hard on ourselves and we kind of hold ourselves to the version of ourselves that we know ourselves to be maybe. And when we fall short of that, we see that as a failure rather than a stepping stone, a lesson learned or something that is helping us grow more and more into who we are every day. It's not an easy thing to do, but a lot of the times failures are actually worth more than success. And I say that in the sense of success is obviously valuable. When you're successful and you've done something and you've created something and you see it through and into fruition, there's no greater feeling, trust me. But at the same time, I think that along the way, you're gonna fail. And the more you fail, the more you learn. And knowledge is your freaking power. Like to know anything, to learn anything, to gain experience, to master anything, you need to fail. And so when we instead feel shameful about our failures and we tell ourselves that we're we're bad people or that we're embarrassing or that we're losers because we failed at something, we're really hurting our self-esteem and we're really hurting our ability to show up and try again and to put ourselves out there and to be vulnerable. And those moments of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, that's when we grow the most. So we have to first and foremost learn how to forgive ourselves. And I think that they're very hand in hand, being yourself and forgiving yourself, I think 
almost kind of coincide because in order to fully embrace and be yourself every day, you kind of need to shed off the layers of what you've been carrying. And what you've been carrying a lot of the time is shame and guilt for the times that you didn't measure up to what you thought you would, or you failed, or things didn't go your way, or the way that you were hoping. And so learning how to gracefully deal with failure, and then not only that, if you can learn how to gracefully deal with it, and then from the standpoint of gracefully dealing with it, open yourself up to the beauty of it and whatever it taught you, the knowledge there, and even the bittersweetness of failing at something and knowing that it could have just redirected your entire course to something so much better for you in the long run. Just being aware of that, it allows us to trust ourselves and it allows us to embrace these failures and embrace these moments so that the more you trust yourself and the more you put yourself out there knowing that you could fail, the more comfortable you feel showing up as yourself in a world of unknown. And that's like the hardest thing to do, at least in my opinion, as an individual and as a human, because the unknown is a scary place. Anything can happen. But at the same time, that's kind of, again, what makes it so much fun. But we're only going to allow ourselves to go into that unknown, that uncomfort zones, if you will, if we trust that even if it goes wrong, we'll forgive ourselves at the end of the day, even if it's solely just for trying. It's important when you think of your failures to ask yourself, What were your needs and your feelings at the time of your failure? Because a lot of the times too, when we failed, it wasn't because we weren't capable or it wasn't because we didn't do something right. It may have just been that whatever we needed in that moment or whatever we were feeling in that moment led to a different outcome than what we were expecting. So when you can learn your feelings and when you can learn your needs or your wants in the moments of failure, you can know better for next time. And you can also forgive yourself. Like, let's say, you know, you failed a test and you feel horrible about it, but it's like, what were your feelings during the time of that test? Well, during that test, you were going through a breakup, let's say. So it becomes a little easier to forgive yourself for failing that test because you know that that was a hard time for you. You were feeling a lot of things. And out of all the things that could have gone wrong, failing a test during a breakup is not the worst of them. Deciding to lose yourself and throw away your life, like, and just like give up on yourself from a breakup, that's a way worse outcome. So you know that you didn't go as far down as you could have. Maybe you didn't go as far up either and pass the test but you sat somewhere comfortably in the middle and you got by. And even that alone is enough to forgive yourself for. And not only forgive yourself for, but have your own back for. Tune into what you need and tune into these little subtle feelings that you have don't necessarily act on them because a lot of the times our feelings are fleeting and the things that we actually need to do, we never really truly feel like them. But Becoming aware of those feelings and knowing them is actually part of the process of learning how to be ourselves and and of learning how to be vulnerable and put ourselves out there. And sometimes that even includes just knowing when you need to have a little fun or when to celebrate. Like when you accomplish something huge or you tackle this big life obstacle or push of resistance that you've had for a while. Maybe it was saving up to get a house or a big goal that you had, no matter what. When you actually do have those moments, then listen to the needs inside of you too that say, hey, I need to celebrate. I need to have a little fun. I need to take a little break. I did a whole um, podcast episode last week on healthy distraction, but I think that this is so, so, so important learning how to also celebrate your triumphs, learning how to celebrate yourself, celebrate who you are, celebrate your birthday. How many of us now are like, oh my God, I hate my birthday. Why do we all hate our birthdays? Like, yes, I'm aware that it does definitely indicate that we're 
aging, but isn't that kind of beautiful? Isn't it kind of amazing? Every time you hit a birthday that you got to be here another year. Every time I do podcasts, I always get so much slava, slava, <laughs> saliva in my mouth. And I've been doing quite a few podcasts today. So you'll have to excuse me if you hear me gulping, but that is really gross. I don't know why I just felt the need to tell you that But back to what I was saying. I'm celebrating the fact that I'm gulping because here I am making a podcast and that is reason to celebrate. This is a triumph, small triumph, big triumph. I don't care. Find ways to celebrate them. Find ways to celebrate who you are, because as weird as it sounds, you're telling your subconscious that you're proud of you. And to be proud of yourself is huge. To feel that sense of accomplishment with yourself is huge. It's not about proving yourself to anyone else. A lot of the times it's just about proving yourself to you. And when you do show up for yourself and you do do something amazing and incredible and you complete it, celebrate it and just know that it's okay to have a little fun or like to kick off and, you know, relax a little bit or do whatever it means to you to celebrate. Because when you ride over your accomplishments and you just tuck away these things that you've done that you said you wanted to do, and you're just like, yeah, that's old news now, or, you know, you're trying to like humbly move past it without celebrating yourself or humbly move past your birthday without saying anything like, hello, we only have one short life on this planet. And if you're not celebrating yourself, that's a freaking shame. I am going to take one for your subconscious right now and tell you to celebrate yourself because it is a shame not to celebrate who you are. You are one in 400 freaking trillion and one in 7.5 billion on the planet right now, or at least in 2017, God only knows how many now. So celebrate yourself because you are so individual and you are so cool and uniquely built by the people around you and the experiences you've had and your memories and your goals and, you know, the things you're good at, the things you're not good at, the way you look, all of these things build into exactly who you are and the formula that makes you, you. And that should be celebrated, at least in my opinion, or in the opinion of your subconscious who I was speaking for just now. So I wanted to tie in something that I read. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to read it from my phone because I don't want to mess it up, but I I thought that this is really cool. It said that there are three axes of which you can rate good or bad things in your life, personal versus impersonal, specific versus general and temporary versus permanent. The idea is to think of all the bad things in your life as impersonal, specific, and temporary rather than personal, general, or permanent. Instead of thinking, I'm a terrible person overall, I'll never change, you need to think, some people might dislike the quality blank about me, but I can fix it. Basically, why I wanted to talk about that is because I think that that is really cool and a really interesting way to look at life, that it is so impermanent. And so when you do mess up or when anything is going on in your life, you have to basically like objectify or objectively, sorry, look at the situation and then say like, okay, that's creating the impersonal and then say like, it's temporary. It's not going to last forever. This is, if you don't like something about yourself or if there's something that's getting in the way of you being yourself or celebrating who you are and celebrating yourself, then know that it is not permanent and you can fix it. You can work on it. You can change it. And it's totally up to you. At the same time, I think that doing it from a healthy standpoint, like looking at it that way, it basically does so without all of the negativity and the toxic drama that comes from like, I guess in a lot of ways, punishing ourselves for it. And instead it's just kind of like, oh, okay, here's the fact. Here are the circumstances surrounding the fact. Let's work on it. And not only that, let's work on it while we still embrace ourselves as individuals along the way. It is so worth it to like yourself to forgive yourself, to celebrate yourself, 
to just embrace who you are along the way. And I think a lot of the times that starts with forgiveness, forgiving yourself for anything from the day you were born until now that you've been holding over your own head. It starts right there. And then I think that it continues with learning how to celebrate your small wins, your big wins, just who you are as an individual along your journey. So there is one more important pillar that I like to think feeds hugely into how to actually be yourself on this planet, but I'm going to tell you guys it right after we take a quick little mid-roll break, so feel free to go warm up your coffee or grab yourself a new one, and uh, I'll talk to you guys in a second. So the last tip I have when it comes to learning how to be yourself in this world, it is to take care of yourself. And I know that that sounds a little generic, but I even mean in the sense of when you notice something sparking joy for you, when you notice yourself like noticing things in other people that maybe I want to say spark a little bit of jealousy, but I think in a lot of ways that is actually just a sign that that is something we want for ourselves and to lean into those things, to lean into what you're interested in, to lean into what pulls at your curiosity and not feel like bad for it, to not feel like you have to categorize yourself into these boxes. Like you can't be someone that likes to wear all black, but loves color in every other sense of the word. Like that you can't be somebody that listens to screamo rock and country, that you can't be somebody that likes guys and likes girls, that you can't be somebody that loves to stay at home and is a homebody, but also is a fiend for adventure and solo travel or traveling with other people. You do not need to categorize yourself into small boxes. You do not need to hold yourself back from things that might spark joy or enlightenment or curiosity in you because that is how you ultimately learn who you are as a person on this planet by following those little like, Ooh, I wonder, or that looks interesting. I'm going to go find out. Or I love that this person does this. I wonder what that would be like for me and to lean into those things. To me, that is a huge part of taking care of yourself, obviously, along with like, you know, being healthy and taking care of your body and eating good foods and working out and stretching and all that goodness. And meditating is also important too, because I think you get a really, really good taste of who you are when you're trying to sit and not allow yourself to be distracted by anything or to just jump on the closest like cloud that floats by your head, you know? And so do those things too. But I definitely think the biggest one in terms of learning how to be yourself is to lean into the things that spark any kind of curiosity or joy within you. I mean, as long as it's not hurting anybody, like always within good means, but it's just, I think that in today's world, we categorize things because that's what our brains like to do. We like to find patterns and we like to fit everything into pretty little labels and think like, this is it. This is the way things need to be. And that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. And we tend to limit ourselves because of that for the reason that we think that okay, I know this to be true about myself now, so that contradicts this, or that means that this can't be true, and that is never the case. You are such an individual, and you're going to be so different from one person to the next. So I think that we're all, like I said, a big mixture of the people that we've had in our lives, and the memories, and the things we like, the things we don't like, the the ways that we take our coffee, our preferences, our favorite days of the week, all of those things build into who we are as we continue to build more into who we are, as we continue to evolve and grow, we're going to learn new things that we like. We're going to be interested by different things. We're going to want to go different places and then also come back home. It's all about the yin and yang. It's all about the pull of both. And I know that sounds cliche and corny, but I truly do believe that. I think that it is really easy, I think, to stop ourselves from going after things that we're enjoying or curious about. Sorry, there's someone really creepy walking by a house. I think that it can be really easy 
to not take care of ourselves and to self-sabotage in a lot of ways and kind of limit our potential by not showing up for ourselves. And that is even just on the basics, like the basic basics of taking care of yourself, like getting enough sleep, getting enough water. And I think that we do those things and we self-sabotage and we hold ourselves back for fear of what other people might think or for fear of not knowing how exactly we'll be able to categorize or label ourselves if we were to allow ourselves to really go venture out. It's scary when you don't know. It's scary, especially when what you're trying to find out or what you're trying to know is yourself, because to say that you don't know yourself is a scary thing. You do, and you're allowed to know yourself as you continue to evolve and learn new things about yourself. But you have to lean in and you have to take care of yourselves, starting with the basics, you know, proper food, healthy sleep, water, the basics, you know, and then from the basics, add on to that all of the fun other details that come with life. This life is so short, guys. Like, I I just like, I don't know why I feel the need to stress this so much right now, but I want to stress it because this life, it can be really short. It can feel really short. But then at the same time, when you think about all the years that have been in your life until now and all of the years that are still widely ahead of you, it's also so beautifully long. Like, it's almost the perfect sweet spot of just enough. And when you don't know exactly how long your time is going to be, but you can take a wild guess that if you were to live a long and healthy life, like maybe we'll all like 80 to hundred age range, right? That's almost like the sweet spot of just exactly how much time we need to really, really enjoy our life here on this earth. But I don't want to procrastinate, you know, being myself and I don't want to hold myself back from what's out there and what I could enjoy or who I could be just because I've already found out who I am today. I think that we should never stop growing and we should never stop learning and we should never stop basically just taking each hit and ebb and flow that we've talked about and just kind of rolling with those punches and learning how to integrate all of this information that we're learning every day about ourselves and about our world into ourselves so that we can then show up the next day and learn a little bit more or do a little bit better. Because I don't know, I just feel like in in this world and in today's world and in today's age, it is more important than ever for all of us to be able to be ourselves and to show up as ourselves confidently and to just basically have that self-esteem to know that like you're allowed to be completely incomplete, you know, and you're allowed to get out there and have no idea while also having every idea. And I think that to know that and to give yourself the permission to do that is so, it's not easy, but it's so simple when we really think about it. And we all need to, because it sets the example for other people to feel comfortable being their self too. So there you guys have it. That is my coffee talk podcast today on how to be yourself. I want to hear what you guys think as always. So please leave me a comment down below or in the comment section based on where you're listening or watching this and tell me what you think is the most important aspect of learning how to be yourself. And then tell me something about yourself because I want to know. And it's always really cool putting specific details to who you guys are and reading your guys' stories and takeaways at the end of the day after we have our nice warm beverage, which I hope you had today. And uh, aside from that, I'll talk to all of you guys in September. Guys, I don't know where this year has gone, but yes, the next Coffee Talk podcast episode is going to be a September episode. My mind is freaking blown. So I'll talk to you in September, I guess. And aside from that, enjoy this week. Enjoy getting out there, being yourself, being that one in 7.5 billion. And I will see you on the flip side. Bye guys.